You know, we're excited. We've, we've got uh, Brandon coming today. I, when we started this series, I felt like that we were supposed to do something very different and uh, is a little risky in some ways. Um, Hector Laos, last week, that was the first time he had ever preached in Arlington. And so he's going to be here, I think, what, next week or maybe, you know, following. I can't remember the schedule, but ha- have mercy on him, okay? But he really knocked it out of the park. He did great. Daniel kicked it off here. Daniel's in Abilene today with our three campuses. We've got rotation. But these are our elders, trustee elders, and uh, we don't have a shadow board. We actually have board, and, and they know how to tell Pastor Walt no. That's crazy. <laughs> we got to pray about that. And uh, so Hector talked a bit about that. And, uh, and so that's kind of where we're at. But before we go any further than that, I know that somebody told me that, that uh, Stormy Bradley was in church last week. And this week, I want to give honor where honor is due. We have Drew Darby that's here. And we appreciate Drew being here as well, and Clarissa. And, and just, um, you know, and, and I walk kind of a fine line in, in, in politics and stuff. Somebody gave me a hard time for having, you know, Ted Cruz bunch, you know, here uh, sometime back and, you know, a few years ago. And I was like, well, Beto could have shown up too, you know, as long as I get five to 10 minutes in the, in the green room with him. <laughs> yeah, no. And so I'll do things outside the box and, and I'll, I'll do things for uh, an opportunity. Now, Drew and I go way back and actually have cell phones. So <laughs> there's a little different there. Now don't get any ideas or don't give it out. Amen. And he didn't get mine out. So, (laughs) but uh, give honor where honor's due. And, um, and so, and one of those that, you know, all of our elders, you know, and I I was able to host for, for Hector last week and set that up for him and give honor there. And, and for Brandon Moore, again, just such a tremendous family that's been a part of our lives for so many years. Angela, his wife, was in joining our youth ministry in the 80s. Just saying. I know I must have been 12 when I started youth pastor, but anyway. But, but I think she was 12. <laughs> and, uh, and so um, Brandon, you know, uh, found a good thing with, with marrying, marrying up. And... Uh, Brandon has um, been with us, and when Joanne and I were pastoring in Central Texas, he actually came and moved in and lived with us and was there and discipled and just have been a, has been such a blessing through the years. He's bringing the word today, and it's in the Generous Life, or excuse me, in the Blessed Life series. I believe it's on generosity today, and uh, so come on, give a good welcome as Brandon comes to share the word today. Oh, did I, did I say last week that some were more excited that, not that a politician showed up, but that Tommy Tarango was here? I was like, man, y'all should have had him get up on stage, man. Tommy can, he can do it. So, but he's a part of our church as well. God bless you. Well, good morning. I'm going to get situated right here and, and uh, you guys talk amongst yourselves. I was uh, in the green room just a few minutes ago with Pastor Walt and Maisie, who is adorable, and it reminded me that today is my daughter's birthday. Kate, if you're watching, uh, happy birthday. I love you. I'm so proud of you. I'm so thankful for you. 
Uh, I miss the days when you were this tall, but I'm so proud of you now, and uh, I won't say anything about grandbabies. So <clears throat> we love you, and happy birthday. Um, I was excited when they asked, and asked me to come and talk about uh, the blessed life because I really believe that, that I've been blessed. I believe, and I used, to, I used to talk to my kids, you know, and we'd be on the loop or something, and I'd say, you know, kids, I'm not that smart. Um, we have all these rent houses, we have these businesses, we have these nice cars, but it's not because I'm that smart. It's not because I'm, a, a, you know, I have any abilities beyond other people. It's because God has blessed us. Because he has favored us, uh, we have had his favor on us our whole lives. As soon as we got married, of course, he who finds a wife, finds a good thing, finds favor from the Lord. So that's a trick. If you need favor, get married. All right, so um, that was my lead in to, get to, to receiving favor. But I, I really believe that God uh, blessed us from the beginning. And I'm so thankful that he continues to do so. I was thinking the other day, um, we talked about it in Next Steps, that, that I, I had a, uh, our, our first rent house that we were gonna buy. We have rental property, and at one time we had over 100 properties. Uh, we don't have that many now because uh, thankfully uh, we sold some or they paid us off or something, but uh, our first rent house, we knew that we were called to do it. We just knew that we were called to, to be in the uh, investment property as landlords and as, uh, as a way that God was going to fill our baskets, if you will. And, and the day of the closing, the realtor called me and said, uh, Brandon, I need you to bring uh, $400. And uh, I said, okay. And so then I, I uh, called Angela. I said, sweetheart. Um, the realtor called, and they want us to bring $400 to closing. And she said, we don't have $400. I said, I know. <laughs> so what are we going to do? I don't know. Let's pray. So uh, the, the, close, the title company was downtown. I was working downtown at the time, and so I decided to walk there, and I was praying the whole way. And I, I think I saw Tommy Gonzalez, there he is. I saw Tommy on the way and, and told him that I was about to go close, I think, and um, continued praying on the way. And, and I got there and opened the door, and some of you may know uh, Pastor Daryl. He was the, the realtor that I used, and he said, he said I'm sorry, Brandon, I, I, I told you to bring $400, but, but they owe you $400. I said, I'm so sorry that I made you go get that cashier's check. And I said, it's no problem. I, di <laughs> I, I didn't have it. So either they were going to laugh at me or they're going to give me the keys and I was just going to believe God. Amen. It's a blessed life. So let's, let's take our Bibles to John 12, one, verses 1 through 8. Uh, Pastor Daniel last week opened us up with, it's about the heart. 
And I tell you what, it is about the heart. God is concerned with our hearts. He doesn't care that you, you write a $1,000 check or a $100 check. What he's concerned about, does he have your heart? So in this story, we're going to see two hearts displayed. Two hearts. Sometimes people will do this for two. Sometimes they'll do this for two. John chapter 12. Then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was who had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. That's going to matter. There they made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii? And given to the poor. This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box. And he used to take what was put in it. But Jesus said, let her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial. For the poor you have with you always, but me you do not have always. Let's pray. Lord God, I just thank you, Lord, that you are going to speak to us today through your word. Lord, not my words, but your words change lives. And God, I pray that I would speak as your oracle and that the the people here, everyone here would take something home and be changed forever, that that implanted word would change them from the inside out. In Jesus' name, amen. So two hearts being displayed. The first one is a selfish heart and the other one is a generous heart. The selfish heart, it gives you reasons not to give. It says, Hey, we could have done something with that. That's a year's wages, 300 denarii. Denarii was a day's wages, 300, 365 days, a little bit less than a year. But that's a lot of money. We could have done something that, how many vacations could we have taken with that? (laughs) Jesus said, if you're faithful in little, you'll be faithful in much. And what you'll do with $100 is what you'll do with 1,000. And if you're, if you're not tithing and giving with 100, how is he going to get that $1,000 to you? And I used, to, I used to pray and believe God, someday somebody's going to give me $10,000. Now, you have to understand, I was young. I didn't know that sometimes money doesn't just come out of the sky, that you have to work for it. Now, a lot of preachers preach about receiving, and I believe that that, that, that can happen. I'm not going to limit God at all. He can do anything, and he has done just that. He sent money on a check. He, people received FedEx with uh, $1,000, $10,000. We were at uh, Lockhart, and somebody put in the offering a cashier's check, very sneaky, by the way, a cashier's check for $10,000. And we're like, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do with it? Remember Pastor Walt writing stuff down? Had a list of things that he could do and then was praying over it because he was faithful. That's why that came. The selfish heart also says it accuses others for their perceived extravagance. 
How many times have you seen, heard this? Well, that preacher doesn't really believe or he wouldn't have that nice house. If he, if he was really a believer, he'd give that house to the poor. That sounds awfully familiar. Where have I heard that before? Oh yeah, Judas said it. The one who betrayed Jesus. And it says he didn't say it because he cared for the poor. He said it because he was a thief. He didn't honor God with his possessions. You don't know what that pastor's been through. You don't know that he doesn't have two side jobs, by the way. A lot of our pastors do. You don't know that he didn't inherit it. You don't know anything about how. All you do is, is sometimes, we, what we do, the selfish heart sees what other people have and our jealousy and our envy make comments that, that shouldn't be made. But the generous heart, the generous heart is a grateful heart. And that's Mary. She was grateful. Does she have any reason to be grateful? Not only did it say that I think demons have been taken out of her, Jesus took, cast demons out of her, but her brother was raised from the dead. It kind of changes your perspective when your a loved one is raised from the dead. You, 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 you see things a little differently. You see possessions a little differently. When, when God does something for you, like comes through, and, and, and you don't have to bring $400, they owe you $400, and you realize, I am called to this. I am. It changes your perspective when you have a, an encounter with Jesus. It changes your perspective about money. A generous heart is a grateful heart, and generous heart acts on gratitude. A few weeks ago, I asked the young adults, uh, I was asked to, to, to teach there, and I asked them, can you define the word grateful w- without using thankful, appreciate, or grateful, or any other derivatives? And I waited, and some of them said, well, it's, it's where you, where you uh, praise somebody. It's like, well, it's part of it. Well, um, it's where you, you know, you, you give thanks. Oop. Can't use that word. Tell me, what does the word define grateful without using thankful or appreciate? And it took a while for me to think about it. It took me a while. And because I had nothing better to do, I I thought about it. (laughs) And I realized it's being grateful comes in two parts. First, you have to acknowledge that somebody has done something for you or given you something. Second, you have to express with honor or actions to that person. See, it has to have, one, acknowledge or recognize someone has done something for you, or two, giving that person the appropriate praise or honor by acts or words. You have to express it. It takes action. Gratitude has to have action. A generous heart has to have action. And and don't be like the farmer who told his wife 30 years ago he loved her 
And if I change my mind, I'll let you know. <laughs> Living generously requires action. It requires us to move out of our self-centered worlds into a life of giving, a life with an open hand. See Deuteronomy 15, 8. Every believer can live generously by following these four actions. So I have four points today. Like every preacher and teacher, I'm going to have a, several points, several stories, no poems. Four actions. You have to, four actions. One, acknowledge where your substance comes from. Two, listen to the Holy Spirit, God's word and his voice. Three, do what he tells you to do. And four, believe that God will reward you. First, acknowledge where your substance comes from. James 1.17, every good and perfect gift comes from above, comes from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Everything that we have comes from God. It's easy to give when we know that I didn't pay for, I didn't, this stuff that I have, even though I paid for it, I, I was blessed with it. God gave it to me. A few years ago, uh, my son Ian, I use Ian a lot in illustrations. I'm going to have to apologize to him later. Um, there's his best friend Bryson. So <clears throat> don't tell him. So a few years ago, his senior year at TLCA, we were living in Argyle. Yes, bad parents. Um, anyway, we, we had taken him to Argyle, but he missed his friends, and it was during covid so everything was locked down. He wasn't making any friends. So his, actually his junior year, we sent him back to finish out. And, and so then his senior year, he was here uh, first with his aunt and uncle and then on his own. Uh, I'll talk about parenting later. But um, so I'm re we gave him a credit card. And so I'm reviewing the credit card statements. And, and I'm seeing these charges to Sonic for like 60 bucks and, and Chili's like 70 and and all these places like, Ian, what, what are you ordering? <coughs> what are you eating? He said, Dad, he said, Dad <clears throat> I, just was, I just want to be like you and be generous. And so I bought my friends their lunch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ian. It's not generosity spending other people's money. <laughs> but then when you think about it, it, it's not our money. It's easy to give when we know that it's not our money. As a matter of fact, if he would have texted me and said, hey, I want to buy my friend's lunch, more than likely, I would have said yes. Because he's right. We live generously. That takes us to the second thing is listen to the Holy Spirit God's word and his voice. God has already told us so much about tithing and giving. Malachi 3 tells us to bring all the tithes. Matthew 23, 23, we shouldn't forget tithes and offerings, but you also want to take, <clears throat> take care of the meatier, weightier things of the law. John 10 says, but he who enters by the door, this is verse 2 through 5, he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper is open. And the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them. 
and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. We know his voice, yet they'll be by no means follow a stranger. In order to, to live generously, again, you have to hear God and obey his word. It begins by obeying what's already written, but then there are times when God's going to speak to you. <laughs> the other day, it's been six months, maybe more. I was, in a, uh, I was invited to the Pregnancy Help Center's strategic planning meeting. It was their board that uh, they were having this strategic planning meeting, and somebody told them that I might be interested in, in being a part of the organization, and so they invited me, and I, and I went. And, and while I'm there, they start talking about their plans for this clinic that they want to have. <clears throat> Because what they do, and I don't know if you know a lot about the Pregnancy Health Center, is they save babies. They save babies, and that's why I love it. But the other thing they do is they also educate, and then they also have health care. They, they do pregnancy testing, STD testing, uh, sonograms, and a whole other list of things that they do. They have a nurse on staff. And they want to have this clinic, and they had this idea, they had this building, it was going to cost them like 500000 just to renovate the building to, to get it close to where they wanted it to be. And then as I'm thinking, as I'm sitting there, the Lord says, you have a clinic. I said, what? I'm a CPA, financial advisor. I bought a building in 2013 that belonged to Planned Parenthood. And yes, we did pray through it. We, we prayed over it, redeemed it, and then made it an office. But all the plumbing in the exam rooms is still there. Everything is still there. And so God's telling me, you know, you have a clinic. And, and if you, I need, I want you to give that building. And I said, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> really, I said, no. No, God. It's okay to argue with God if, as long as you end up obeying, Right? I said, God, I already have plans for that. I, I, I don't need the office space anymore because I sold my practice. But I had uh, this idea of making uh, executive suites, and I could get 14 offices in that space. Cash flow, thousands of dollars. It was going to be awesome. <laughs> I want you to give them the building. Okay. So I, I told them about it about a week later, two weeks. I told you I had to argue with God first. <clears throat> I, they came and looked at it. They talked to the board. The board's on board. They're excited. They want it. And in the board meeting, they say, and to save money, we can just, we'll call it the Brandon K. Moore STD Clinic. <laughs> no! No, don't even joke. But the name's already there. All we have to do is come in underneath. Please, Lord, no. Please, Lord. The third thing is, when you hear, do what he tells you. James 1, through 25, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. He goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. 
But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, that's God's word, and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. We have to do what God is asking for us. We have to take that next step. Several years ago, my, my uh, <clears throat> friends were looking for a house and they couldn't find anything they could afford. And I felt like God had spoken to me something, so I asked Angela. And, and so we decided that we need to give them our house. And now it wasn't a, we had a mortgage on it, but because we've been, you know, in the house for several years, the equity in it uh, is what we were basically giving. And so uh, they just took over the payments. They, it was something they could afford. It was, they had a large family. We had a large family, so there's plenty of room. And then we, so the next thing we have to go out and find a new house. Found a house. Uh, some of the young adults know it. It's on David Street. And we did a complete remodel, complete gut job on it. But the first week we were in it, the first week, the water from the shower upstairs was leaking into the kitchen. It's like, God, didn't we hear you? Didn't we? Didn't we hear your voice? Didn't we, did, and you, you start to question yourself. Especially when you step out something that big. So we got an estimate to do the demolition. And I, I remember, I'm a CPA, so I said, no, I'll do it myself. And uh, so I get the sledgehammer and I start sledging the tub. And it, this one hit the side of the tub. And, and I don't know how, I don't know the physics of it. But hit the side of the tub, ricocheted right into my shin. I started praising the Lord, of course. That's what you do. So as I'm praising the Lord, again, I'm wondering, what did we get ourselves into? I won't even talk about the air conditioning it didn't have. <laughs> so then I start working on the vanity and start trying to pull it apart, and this little secret door pops open. And there's some bags. Bank bags. I start looking. I open it up. There's a wad of cash. Angela! I rush in to show her. And there's like three bags and there's a bunch of valuables and collectibles and, and all this cash. All in said, probably about $20,000, $25,000 worth of stuff. I don't know. We did have some rings appraised and the cash was about $9,000. So it was a lot. Again, okay, God, I get you. Thank you. So Angela and I were praising the Lord in our closet. And then we wanted to bust everything up to see if there's any more money. <laughs> I really show restraint not to dis destroy my house. And the fourth action, well, let me go back. I, that action was doing what he tells you to. And you need to know that there are three levels of giving. The first one is tithes and offering, or tithes. The first one is tithes. And that is your, your base level. Uh, that's all that God requires. That's all that he says, this is, you must do. It's a command. Then there's offerings. There's, 
things that you give over and above your tithe. And some people give, you know, to organizations. Some people give to the church. That's where God leads you. That's where you hear his voice and obey and give those. And the third one are painful offerings. Giving our house was a painful offering. Because that house that we were in was one that Angela had a dream about. I think before we were married even. Before we were married, before we had kids, she saw that house. And so when God led us to give that away, that was, was tough. But we were totally blessed by it. I believe we still, we're still reaping the rewards of that blessing. And she's got a ring on her finger. Maybe, did you wear it today? Yes. It'll, it'll show you how much God loves her. Because she would have never gotten a ring like that for herself. And you know I wouldn't have, because I'm a CPA and cheap. I give you the moon, baby. Whatever you want. Action number four. Do I have time? Yes. So, action number four. Believe that God will reward you. And I've been talking about rewards this whole time. You know, that, that God wants to bless us. And, and we don't give to get. We give to give. We give as obedient and grateful hearts. We give because we love Jesus, because what he did for us. And God, because he loves us, says, I'm giving back. He began with, as a giver. He began giving Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave. 2 Corinthians 9 says, Therefore I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go ahead of time and prepare your generous gift, which you had previously promised, that it may be ready as a matter of generosity and not a grudging obligation. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. You still reap. If you give a little, you're going to receive. But he who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. It's up to you. God is leaving this in your hands. And he says, Get, let each one give as he purposes in his heart. It's about the heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And, and this is my favorite, almost one of my favorite verses in the Bible. I have a lot of favorites, but this is my favorite one. And God is able to make all grace, all grace abound, all grace abound toward you, that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. All grace, always, all sufficiency, all things, abundance for every good work work. God is for us. Once he has your heart, the world is open to you. He wants to bless us. He wants to reward you. I think it's, it's cool too that it, the Bible says he's a rewarder of those in Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For, for you must first believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek. It's not the rewarder of those who don't fail. It's not the rewarder of those who are perfect all the time. I'd be out. I already talked about my parenting issues. 
It, it's not a rewarder of those that, that hear perfectly every time, that, that know the word perfectly, that, that, that see perfectly, that, that are religious, that are theologians. That's not the reward. That's not where the reward goes. It goes to those who diligently seek. I can do that. I can do that. I was really good at hide and seek. I could seek for hours. And sometimes I did. So I mentioned, I mentioned, this is my last story. I mentioned that first property that we bought. Well, I don't remember what year it was, but it was Valentine's Day. I remember that because Angela and I were at dinner and she could tell something was bothering me. And she said, what is going on? I said, "Uh, well, the time to pay your property taxes has passed and we didn't have the money. And at the time we had about 60 properties and our tax bill was (laughs) $40,000. And I told her, I said, we don't have it. And in years past, I would refinance houses to pay debts like that. I would refinance and pay. But I really felt convicted that God was saying, stop it. Stop refinancing to pay for operating expenses. That's irresponsible. Stop it. And so I was convicted about that, so I wasn't going to budge. And I, I told her, <clears throat> either we're going to go bankrupt or God will come through. I heard Pastor Robert Morris say one time, if money is your only problem, you don't really have a problem. Because God can handle it. And she, the solid rock that she is, said, we're tithers and givers. God will take care of us. She wasn't worried at all. I ruined her Valentine's dinner by my stress. And she wasn't worried at all. And God came through. Like a month later, this property that we had for sale for two years finally got a contract. And we had enough money to pay the taxes, to pay our tithe, not in that order, we paid tithe first, paid our taxes, and then put money in savings for next year. And then I took steps so it didn't happen again because God was teaching me. And I told her yesterday, I said, it just occurred to me that my first point of faith was $400, but then it went to $40,000. See, I've been faithful in the little, and so I had little problems. I had to believe for little things, which at the time, it could have been $400. It might as well have been $4 million. If I didn't have it, I didn't know where to get it. And that $40,000, again, but God in that time had taken me Faith by faith, glory to glory. And that's what he wants to do with you. He wants to do that with you to help you be generous. Being generous takes action. You have to acknowledge 
where your substance comes from. Listen to the Holy Spirit, God's word. Do what he tells you and believe that God is a rewarder. So I want to ask you, what's the Holy Spirit saying to you right now? Can you all stand to your feet? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? The title of this message is, Am I Generous? It's so that every one of us can ask that question. Am I generous? Am I generous? What actions do I need to put to my gratitude? What is the Holy Spirit asking you to do? Is it, if it's tithing, to begin to tithe, take a step of faith. If it's giving, offerings, take a step of faith. If it's somebody in your neighborhood that you feel like God has been telling you about buying their groceries, don't let it wait. Don't let somebody else get your blessing. God is talking to you about something right now. So let's just pray. Lord God, I just thank you, Lord, for this, this message, your word, for everything that you have for us, God, for this life of generosity and blessing, that you have so much that you want to get through us to other people. And it begins with your word. It begins with you in obeying and putting action to our gratitude. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for this time. In Jesus' name, amen.